and salutations from Boss Lady Headquarters. I'm Holly Sexton, culture enthusiast and Boss Lady Coaching producer, along with Megan Stith, CEO and founder of Boss Lady Coaching. We have been very busy scheduling interesting, smart, successful, and talented women to be guests on this podcast. So over the next few weeks, you can look forward to hearing about generation gaps in the workplace, military service, and starting up successful businesses. We're a traveling podcast, so every guest is recorded at a different location. We go where successful professional women work and live. Jerisa Lamons is our latest victim. We talked with her at her office during her lunch break at Elizabethtown Community and Technical College. My favorite thing about Jerisa, her easy smile. And she can say anything to me, good or bad, and I take note because I want to be part of her honesty. So let's eavesdrop on Megan and Jerisa's conversation, shall we? Teresa and I have had the pleasure of working together for a long time, and I want to get to know more about Teresa because not only is she a fascinating boss lady, she also has seen so many women in the workplace and thinks she has a lot to teach us today about how we can not hold ourselves back in whatever it is that we want to accomplish. So thanks for being with us, Teresa. Oh, it is my absolute pleasure to be here. Thank you all for having me on a podcast. <laughs> I know. It's it's like, yes, it's a thing here in Hardin County. It's, I know. <laughs> we are getting there. This is huge for Hardin County. <laughs> <laughs> well, Teresa, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do for work on a day-to-day basis. Okay. Um, my role as a career services director is I try to help little lost angels find their way in the world. Um, we work on helping students major in whatever they're going to major in, helping them find their passion, which I think is very important. Um, and we also help them do job search. Uh, finding flexible careers that can intermingle with their school and their work-life balance. So that's what I do. And a lot of what I do also is in encouraging students to push forward. Like, don't stop. Don't let one obstacle stop you. You're that's what so, I do. You're so great at encouraging people, and definitely I love that you have one of those jobs that I guess you could say you don't major in. You don't necessarily go to yeah. school to become somebody that helps others find their path. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about how you got on this path. If I can say this on this podcast, Megan, I would, oh, yes. I would have to say, I want to think that I was kind of ordained by God. That's great. I mean, That's a good answer. You know, I, and, and sometimes my path isn't really clear. You know, sometimes I have to really think about how I actually got here. Um, but it was almost like God just fashioned and it was like, just moved my shoulders like, you go here next, and then you're going to go here next, and you're going to go here next. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, actually, you're right. I didn't major in this. My bachelor's actually in social work from WKU. And um, I knew when I went, when I did social work that I didn't want to be the, the mean mama coming in, taking kids away. And I had been doing my intern with adult protective, protective services, and that was also not something I wanted to do. Um, so I got a call from somebody who I would call one of my mentors, Miss Johnson with the Lincoln Trail ad. She said, come on over here and do summer youth coordination. And I said, okay, don't know what I'm doing, but I'll come. And she said, you'll get to drive the green earth and you'll get to see beautiful Bloomfield and you'll collect timesheets and you'll talk to you. I said, I'm in. <laughs> so that summer I spent in my little Reliant K, 1988 Reliant K that you could hear pulling up and I'd come and collect timesheets and you know, when I think about this, probably when it first piqued my interest to see these kids out here who were young and who may not have had the opportunities and advantages of other people, but they were out here and they were trying to get their hustle on. And I was a part of that game. 
And that's when I kind of started to see how important the workforce is to people's life. Like, it's not only just a basic need, but if you find your passion, it goes beyond a basic need. Well, we spend so much of our life working that if you don't enjoy it, it sounds cliche, but uh, you better enjoy it or let's keep looking until you find uh, that thing that you do enjoy. Narrow it off the list right. by trying a couple different things and it sounds like uh, you did a great job of figuring out what maybe you didn't want to do and yes. following that path into what How you How about we talk enjoy. about what I used to do <laughs> that encouraged me to go to college. Yes, I want to yeah. hear about that. I worked at a fast food restaurant who I'll leave nameless. I still eat their hamburgers, so it was totally clean. <laughs> but I was at a bun toasting machine, and they had me there for two straight hours, which allowed me to do some introspection into things that I did want to do and things that I did not want to do. So I decided right there at that bun machine, not me. <laughs> I will not be back here toasting buns. Not to say that that's a bad profession, but sometimes we in, in life we're in situations that allow us to think pass and think forward what we need to do so that's when I decided with my mother's prodding I will go to Western and I changed my major several times which I think adds into my experience that I give to other kids here honey I went from communications to broadcasting to dietetics don't ask me how that came in there <laughs> and while I was in the dietetics class I took a social work class and I thought I'm in love I want to serve I want to help people because I feel like people had helped me along the way. So from that point on, and then I mix it in with workforce and my, my mentor giving me that opportunity and like I'm plopped here and I love it. Well, I'm so glad you mentioned mentoring because as a fellow person who didn't have that linear career path, my bachelor's is in animal agriculture and master's in library science, and here I am on a podcast, so go figure that one out. Um, it was because of mentors. So um, how have you found mentors in your career? I know it's something that a lot of women struggle with because, yes. it's like, how do you start that conversation? Women struggle with that a lot because they want to compete with other women. But instead of, yes, <laughs> instead of competing with other women, I'm like looking at her like she's getting her hustle on. She's doing this. I like the way she speaks in meetings. I like that 25 cent word she just used. I like the way she's got those heels on and I steal those things. Good. Maybe I'll steal them, but I borrow them. That's and good. I shine them up to make it Jerisa-ish, if that's the word. <laughs> but don't compete, man. If you see somebody out there that's getting their hustle on and they're doing what they need to be doing and they look happy, Ask them how they got there. And if there's something that you can do to help them achieve their goals, do it. And if there's some help that they can give you, take it. And that's a perfect position that you're in now on the other side of the table now mentoring not just women and, and girls, but uh, all of the students that you work with. So tell us a little bit about the students that you're helping on a day-to-day -day basis and some of the barriers that they face. With the students, it, when I, in my former role, is the barriers have changed a little bit. These students are equipped with usually transportation. They usually have some kind of monetary funding that helps them advance in life. Most of these kids are raised by too good of parents. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Where their parents have kind of coddled them and maybe babied them a little. And so from that, it's hard for them to get out, make decisions that are for them because they haven't quite found out who them is because you have barriers in the way, such as parents being too good of parents. Um, we have students that they're, there's so much out there now. There's so much out there that you can do in the workforce and it, it's overwhelming. And so in my position, I kind of try to narrow that down and talk with them, 
let them research give them resources that they can go to to research so they can find their answers so that's kind of the role I'm in now and I, I really like that um, I've always lived by that adage you know it's so cliche now but you can um, give a man a fish he'll eat for a day you teach him to fish they'll eat forever this is the truth and that's kind of what I do you know I have a lot of kids coming in here and they're like well, I didn't necessarily decide what my major was today. I was, no, but I've given you bait. You have to feed off of that bait. You've got to catch the feeling yourself. You've got to continue to do the research. Continue to put your hook in the water and figure out what's there. Mm -hmm. So I like it that I'm giving them little pieces that they can take. And you just got to build. One block is going to be your block. So tell me about a student that comes to mind, um, either in this position or in other work that you've done, that is that example of why you do what you do. Hmm, that's a hard one, because I feel like everybody is kind of individualized. I give a little piece of, different pieces of Jerisa to everybody. Um, I think I'll, I'll, I'll take in account uh, a young lady that I'm working with, and she's got um, extreme Asperger's. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think because they're intelligent that they should be equipped with certain skills, being social skills, but it's hard. It's very hard for her. We're working with her right now on interviewing um, because I want her to go out there and have the best advantage that she can. She is she's gonna be a great worker someplace, but people have to see past her, and I don't wanna call it a disability. What can I call it, girls? It's not a disability. Um, it's called neuro, well, we're neurotypical, and they are um, not typical. Right. But you I know, know what? I don't know any other way to say it. But Holly, what I see in her is so much potential to be like somebody's person who can rattle off some facts to you. One, two, three. I've got them in my head. But we have to get her past the first chance of meeting somebody. She's not fitting social norms. Right. And we all know when you don't fit social norms in any way. You get X'd out. Absolutely. And I'm so thankful that you're working with, yes. with young people yeah. like that in their career path. Think about all the people that we know that our age or older that were passed over and end up homeless or end up in some sort of derelict position because they didn't fit the status quo. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, and some of that is, you know, there there are these stereotypes and uh, not the right doors opening and people like yourself who are there to encourage people to grow and achieve whatever their potential looks like. But then we also can be guilty of holding ourselves back sometimes mm -hmm. and uh, being our own worst enemy, as they say. So what are some of the things that you see, um, maybe especially as women, that we're doing uh, maybe unconsciously or that we could take a look at to help us become more successful? Well, I already mentioned one. Please, ladies, stop competing with each other. Don't compete. I mean, oh my goodness, don't hate the player. Hate the game. And don't hate the game. Get in on the game. That's my first, I mean, stop competing with each other. Like when I saw Megan, um, when I first met Megan, I was a little bit intimidated by her. But then as I got to know her, I was like, dude, there's some stuff I can snatch from this lady. She she probably doesn't know it, but you've been my little private mentor. Aww. And then meeting Holly, like part of that drew some of my personality out. Like it's okay to be quirky. 
It's okay to be funny. It's okay to say and think weird things. It's okay to sit in the car rider line <laughs> with death upon yourself. It's okay. It's okay to be a Star yes. Wars nerd and talk yes. about it. Oh my God. Cosplay. Yes. It's okay to cosplay. That's right. It's okay to get into karaoke challenges with people. It's okay to do that. You have to be unique or else you'll live your life like wondering what if. I'm not going to live my life like that. So I can't. I can't. Anymore. No. I'm tired. Those are the things that make me regretful. Is is if I was to live my life like that, I, I'd know in the forefront I would be regretful about that. Well, I think some of it comes from, and I know at least in my own situation, you are trying to be things for other people. Yes. And when you realize, um, you know, I, I definitely have had that realization over the years that you've got to do what you enjoy and that you're never going to be able to make everybody happy. Nope. So when it comes down to it, I know that sounds really and simple too, but it's like, this is just, well, when nope. you start to get to that comfortable place, you're like, this is who I am. And if you like it, great. But if you don't, uh, probably nothing I'm going to do. If you don't like my Star Wars and my farming uh, crazy stories, then it's probably not going to be a good fit no matter what I try to do. That's then right. it's, I think it's that confidence to just say, Here's this me on me. plate and uh, take it or leave it. I hope I get to know you, but at some point you just have to be able to do what you need to do. That's so right. I think that's a great, great point. Take me as I And I'm so glad we're, I, I love you to death and uh, I'm about to cry <laughs> just thinking about I never, I consider you more of a mentor than the other one. Oh my around. gosh, so That's no. the power of having these conversations is that stuff that you never get to and a thousand other meetings we never get to talk about the right way. So Ooh. I appreciate it. I'm stealing from you all the time. I steal from the best. I can't believe she does that, guys. Whoever is listening, like I, I'm, I'm floored by that. Steal from the best. You're one of the best. Thank you. You know, another thing, and this is this is for me. This is my honesty. Sometimes we put too much on our own plate, mm-hmm. and we don't, as women, or I'll say it for me. I'll speak for myself. I can delegate, but for some reason, I have this little voice in my head that says, "You can do it best, so you do everything." And then when you start to do everything, something will fall apart. You have to learn to delegate. Go to the experts in the field. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to learn to set priorities and learn how to say no. And that's funny that you mentioned that because I was just sharing with a member of our, our team that for the first time in about six years, I finally put up a boundary with something that uh, usually I would have just said yes to. And of course, no problem. We got it. We can handle it. And yeah. I said... It's that I, moment you're like, no, I'm going to no. no. I said, I didn't say no so much as if this goes forward, it's going to be in competition with literally 13 other meetings that day. And are, here's some other dates that would help this take priority. And if that's okay with you, we can offer you the full support at that new time frame. And you know, nobody came for me with pitchforks or torches, and the world is still spinning. That's and right. everything, they get a better result, and we get a little bit less stress in the time that just usually we would have said sure and just fretted about it anyway. So it's examples all the time that I, I do have to preach and, and practice both of those things because it's hard. You want to just say yes and help everybody with whatever you can, but sometimes you do just, you have just to can't. make a habit. It to say, wait before I just do it, what is another option? And, you know, sometimes when you go into things like that, you're not helping yourself and you're not helping that person because chances are you're probably not doing it efficiently 
or doing it with all your gut and your passion inside of it. So sometimes it is best to say no. You've got to recharge yourself. I'm a big believer in it's a favor, actually, to tell other people no. Absolutely. <laughs> because, you know, we, we sometimes put that pressure on other people where we feel like we can't let them down. And sometimes everybody else is looking for, you know, this might not really be convenient for me. Or um, I know in in my professional career with a lot of fundraising, I have been so grateful when people tell me no, because at least they give you an answer <laughs> and it's not, I'm just going to keep bothering you. Can you can cross them off your yeah, list. So yes. I, big, I preach a lot about, you know, have the respect for people to t- say no. Uh-huh. And that's okay. Let's just respect each other that we're grown adults and we can handle it and no one's going to freak out. That's and it's, right. let's do each other that favor of just Right. Take it off the table. Give them an option and not uh, just try to do things that we feel like we have to do. Final one I got to get in there. Final, Maybe not the final one, but um, it's going and looking to fail. I find a lot permission. of like, yes, yeah, giving yourself to permission to fail. And I will, I think I'll attribute this to my husband and this goes outside of the work, but uh, one night we were talking and I think divorce wasn't on the table but we were just talking about other relationships and my husband was like don't even plan for divorce you, you just don't do that like you you plan your marriage and you set it up so that you're prepared to succeed in your marriage you don't you don't plan to fail when you go into things you, you have to plan to be successful I mean whatever it comes to whether it's work or marriage or anything and, and I'm telling you my grandmother always used to say the power of life is the power of life is in the tongue. You speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. Whether or not you believe in a higher power, sometimes your self-talk can be your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't feel it, sometimes you just got to go for it. And that's definitely something I see uh, the clients that I've worked with over the years. I see a lot of especially women, especially millennials struggle with that because they're often looking for this very linear, if I do this, then this is what's going to happen next, and then that's going to get me here, and uh, Girl, that's what my life has been about, is not... Don't ever <laughs> predict your life. Let me tell you, the one time that I thought I was going to predict my life, and I told God I was just having... I'm, first of all, I told God I wasn't having any kids. Uh-oh, and so then now... I, yeah, tell somebody you have yeah, now. <laughs> and I popped out with Layla, and I thought, okay, well, you're done with me. Now, I am done. And God said, uh-uh. And for making your own plan, here's two at a time. So, I'm telling you. Twins. <laughs> you better ask for some assistance before you go planning your life. I'm telling you. Because, yeah, not everything is going to be linear. There's going to be some things that are going to pop out for you. And you have to be just mentally prepared for them. There is a fantastic book about basically feeling the fear and doing it anyway, Mm. and I love that title and love the idea that when you learn about fear, it's really coming from a place where you're not sure how you are going to handle a situation. Yes, you're unsure. You feel all of those layers back of, okay, why are we upset about this, or why is this scary, or what if you get that job and you don't like the people you work with oh, I or can you speak don't on like that. the results you're getting when you peel back so what if in all those situations it's usually well then I'm either gonna have to do something I don't want to do or I'm not sure I can handle what's gonna happen yes. and if we can get to either of those two any fear comes from one of those two places we can get to that 
And then let's figure out a plan and let's figure out ways to build your confidence so you know, well, yeah, I don't, I don't really want that outcome to happen, but if it does... I know I can have that tough conversation. I can confront that problem. I can talk to that coworker, and we'll figure it out. I got my big girl panties on. Yeah, and it's not a failure, but it's just something that you learn. No, you grow. Those are situations that you grow and develop in. When you throw yourself almost into the fire, like either you're not going to survive it and you're going to come out with ways that you ain't going to get back in that fire or ways that you're going to put on fire retardant draws next time somebody (laughs) throws you in there. I mean... You learn and develop from situations like that. They absolutely make you stronger. I know that's cliche, but no, ma'am, I'm telling you. The worst situations you stand to learn something out of. And that's, I appreciate you saying this. You are giving me free therapy right now because sometimes (laughs) I do run into situations with clients where you get up against a wall because you've talked things to death and you are like, just go do it. (laughs) Go do something and, you know, you gotta at some point, like, we can worry about well, what's gonna happen in this stage of the plan or where is this particular job gonna hit? And at some point, you just have to be like, this is as far as I can help you because you gotta go do something and if if it works out, you know, I'm here. And if it doesn't work out, I'm still here. I'm still and we're going to help you figure it out. Right. But that is the piece that I see so many people hold themselves back because they're afraid of, I won't be able to handle it. Yes. Or I'm going to have to do something I don't want to do. And this is a world where so many people are um, having ideas and having opinions and having thoughts. And there's a thousand ways now that we can all put our ideas out there that the world's ready for people to take action. And if you don't have to be the best right now, you just have to be doing something, is my opinion. (laughs) Sometimes you just have to have an ideal and know the right people that can make it happen, too. If you can just be a doer right now in society, you're going to get places just because everybody is sitting around talking about things. Absolutely. Oh, my gosh. That's just my personal opinion, but... Uh, you know, I've, I've seen those, uh, that separation almost into those two camps where, you know, people that I can really help move along is, as long as you're willing to do something, we can get you just about anywhere. But sometimes right. I, I hate to see people that are so paralyzed by making the right decision because right. there is no right decision. It's, it's just something you do. Oh it's just wherever <laughs> you're at in your life, that's where you need to be. Like I, you know, I hear people and they're always, you know, well, this happened and I regret that. No, everything that happens to you is not by coincidence. You are there for a reason. It happened for a reason. The worst thing you can do is to go back and repeat it and not do what you needed to do in that situation. I well, mean, I love your story about toasting buns. Like, I will be thinking uh, about you on buns every time I see you now, which is fantastic. But, you know, it's we all have those times and we all have those jobs. I was cutting tobacco, selling houses, uh, or really failing to sell houses uh, at the it. peak of the recession. I mean, it's it's you have to have those times where, you know, you do cry and you do say, oh, I have no idea where this is going, but I'm here and going to give it my best. And I think it's those opportunities that if you're expecting it to be, if you're expecting to be happy all the time, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you're going to be unhappy, and it's not, I'll be happy when I get this job, or I'll be happy when oh, this happens. Oh, stop happens. doing that. No. Yeah. Be happy uh, in the moment that you're in. Yeah, I sound like I'm railing against, uh, I promise I didn't get up this morning to, to uh, go on a diatribe against uh, our society or generations or anything like that, but it does seem like we, we do expect to be happy and satisfied enough that that's the thing really that's holding us back because you got to be uncomfortable to take those leaps of faith and to ask for advice and to surround yourself with smart people you do that's that comfort being uncomfortable 
is what sets people apart. That's when you learn. Those moments are, if you can stand still in those moments and, and, and learn something from those, you will develop yourself into hell of a woman, I'm telling you. So as a mom of girls, how has that, being a parent, changed your philosophy on all this? Well, first of all, my girls, they've already, they talk about careers all the time. Good. And I really do think that's attributed to what I do for a living. We've got, right now, a Marine slash a veterinarian, and that's my oldest, Layla. Um, Olivia wants to be a policewoman and help people. And I love that she sees that line that policemen are not out there to harm or hurt. They're there to help. And then um, Anna was so amazed when I brought her to the college. Hands down, she said, I want to work at the college like my mommy. Oh, wow. So we talk about things. And we anything that there is on their mind, if they want to try it, we try to put them in it. If they want to talk about it, we talk about it, even the hardest issues. And it's just, it's important because a lot of where I'm at now is because like sometimes I'll pick up this phone and I'll be like oh my god you sound like your mom <laughs> and you also like I know <laughs> a compliment. but I never you know when when she used to take me to work I I didn't know that I was in a sense in training then I didn't know the things I was picking up then but a lot of what I do now working in human services you know the way I pick up the phone and answer it the way sometimes I roll my eyes when I pick up the phone and I answer it that is all my mom we got to be role models for our girls some girls don't have role models that's where I come in at you know I'm, I'm able to affect those girls and tell them that this is my story I wasn't always here I used to be here but now I'm here and you can get there too I just raising girls is the most thrilling experience I've had uh Besides the times when they're arguing, it's it's awesome. And we have boys. Yeah. And our job is to teach boys how to relate to women yeah. and know that, hey, they're your equals. Yes. Just as smart and capable. Raising and, feminists. And, and exactly. I'm raising a feminist. Okay. So that brings me to my next point. <laughs> how we limit ourselves is thinking a man is the best for the job. I used to sit in a lot of meetings and I would watch a lot of men in three-piece suits and they would use those quarter words and I thought, I can't ever be that. I can't ever get there. I'll just sit back in this meeting and be quiet. Oh, hell no. No. I spent my 20s being quiet. Hell no. If I know something about something, I'm going to tell you what I know. I, I'm never going to go through that again. And many women, though, censor themselves and are yes. waiting to be asked or... Uh, for that window. I can't stand those women in meetings. <laughs> I'm telling you, like, it just blows my mind. Like, so how do you get them talking? How do we do this for each other? How do we help other women, other women come you, out of their shell? Sometimes you have to be there to support them. I mean, you really do. You have to tell that person, that was a good idea. Now, don't whisper it to me. Say it out loud in the meeting. Mm -hmm. And then maybe it's not a full ideal or something, we, but it's something we can build on. Mm -hmm. There's always good pieces to everything. I just... If you have something to add, man, it's your time. Well, I think we have to think about how we react to when women do speak up and how sometimes we can undermine them unconsciously. Uh, <laughs> when a man is dismissive. Yes. Yeah. Or another female oh, boss yes. is dismissive. Oh, yes. It makes you die inside. It does. And like, I don't want to contribute my creative thoughts and ideas anymore because you're not going to do anything with it. Or you may take it and then, like, like 
chew it up in your brain and then come back later and after you've masticated it, come back and it's my idea, but you're presenting it. I've actually had that happen to me before. I think every person in this room has had that happen to them. How I deal with that, and please excuse this on the podcast if you're not of Christian faith, but how I deal with that is I just try to do my work for God. I mean, that's all I can do. If, if my ideal, if somebody took my ideal, my grandmother always used to say, people steal because they have to. Okay? So just hear me out on this thought. So if you stole my ideal, apparently you needed that ideal to get to where you are. And God knows. God knows that was my ideal. And so, you know, for a time, I was kind of that quiet woman in the meeting where I would stop giving my creative thoughts. But I thought, no. When, when you let somebody shut you up, no, don't do that. That's the only way you can develop yourself and have good thought process and, and be able to, to work with others. You, you've, it's okay if your ideal goes, but write it down. Know, that, know inside you had that ideal, and maybe it wasn't for you to develop. Yeah, and I think some of it comes, too, with being able to speak up about when you feel like that's happened to you. And, and I'm sitting here thinking, oh, my gosh, when have I accidentally done this and maybe not realized it? And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we can get all in our own blinders on and here's, you know, what I'm just trying to do to move things along. And I think that means sometimes we are going to make mistakes and step on each other's toes. And it can be really, um, I think that's where I've seen situations where everybody else will know there's a problem, but sometimes the person that did that, took the idea of an accident or, you know, did, uh, made a bad choice, didn't have the chance to be able to get it out there and talk about it with the person who had the problem. Mm-hmm. So I definitely, uh, always am hoping that if, if anybody has ever been, uh, in that kind of a position, either where I'm involved or anybody I work with is involved, I want to raise and build up women to say, you know, Hey, hey this was happened. Yeah. And yeah. you know, this is the concern I have about it. And what can we do? What can I do to get involved in moving it forward as somebody that really cared about it originally? Right. Like how do we have those conversations and not just everybody else knows around the water cooler, but the person who probably should be in on that conversation. Right. And I, I see that part skipped more than I you're like. very right about that. Mm-hmm. And that's probably something I need to put in my palm palette. Yeah. <laughs> Work on. conversations. <laughs> yeah. It's hard, but it's if we're talking about women speaking up, then we have to speak up about those hard things, too. And yes. Oh, the hard things. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. We need ideas, but then we also need to be able to, to call each other on. <laughs> hey, don't tell me if you've got a problem with that person over there. Go tell them. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to put my earmuffs on and... Uh, let's, right. let's move them towards yes. a, a solution someplace. What is it? Not my monkey, it. not my circus? Yes. yes. Oh, you've, you've probably heard uh, <laughs> I say that all the time. Not my circus, yeah. not my monkeys. So definitely uh, some tips and good reminders for all of us because, you know, it's it's communication. And I'm a big advocate of staying in your lane. Sometimes you just need to kind of stay in your lane. If you don't know what that means, wait till you veer out of your lane. <laughs> stay in your lane. Well, I appreciate these are great examples and really practical experiences that you've shared with us, Teresa. Is there anything I haven't asked about or that you'd like to share that we didn't cover already? Two things. Of course there is, Megan. You, all, I you know I love it. to talk. <laughs> um, I have a couple things. I want people to try the path less, less travel. Don't go on the path that's already beaten down with the grass. You never know what kind of like delicious, sweet, ripe fruit is waiting for you at the end of the path less travel. Don't quit. Pray more. <laughs> that's my, another one of my adages. 
And if you get down, listen to the lyrics of Too Short, Slight is Short. I'm telling you, I know that sounds crazy, but it is a very inspirational song to me. And um, read, always read and always research. I'm going to end it with a quote from Henry David Thoreau, one of my favorite quotes. Um, Most men lead lives of quiet desperation. (laughs) Go to the grave with the song still in their heart. Don't be that person. Sing your song. Say that again. Don't be that person. Sing your song. And with that, would you sing the two short song for us? <laughs> you know, Holly, it's been, it, it has been so long since uh, I just know that there were some lyrics in there that I didn't understand as a kid, and I was outside listening to a radio station, and it came on, and it it really is life is too short. Like he was talking about all types of things in there, like you know, making your money, like staying on your hustle, and like being true to your game, true to your game, like. Um, I don't want to rap right now. I think this is a perfect uh, framework for a future car karaoke video. I don't know it? if I can do that. There might be some cuss words in there. Uh-oh. No, you're okay. We appreciate it. I definitely want to have to check this out now and can't wait to, to see more because I will. Yeah. I have the playlist in the car of pump-up music for when you're going into a meeting Absolutely. or that crucial conversation and you got to get yourself in the right place oh mentally. Gosh, so yes. this will be added to my playlist because that's one of my many many tricks so as we wrap up Teresa uh, we love to end our segments with examples of ways that we are pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone and doing the things that we practice so any experience that you've had lately where you did something you didn't want to have to do but you pushed through and did it anyway I won't say it's something that I didn't want to do it's something I was fearful to do Uh, at my present job I worked there for 15 years um, I wasn't complacent. I was still enjoying my, my, my time there. But as I begin to think about my future and the way that my future could look, um, I made a jump. It, it was a huge jump. Being someplace for 15 years, you have family, you have, um, you know, you've made relationships with people. This has probably been one of the hardest things I've had to do. But I did it because of the added value that it could give to me professionally and for my family so this is hard you know I, I miss my, my peeps and I, I miss like having somebody chit chat with every now and then but um, sometimes you just got to step out on faith and, and that is exactly what I did you could have talked yourself out of it very easily and given yourself lots of reasons to say stay where you were I interviewed one time here did horrible isn't that crazy I teach people how to interview <laughs> But you know, it, it, it yeah, can take practice for all of us. Yeah. But I had self-thought. I was like, no, 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 don't go back. Don't do it again. They're, they're going to laugh at you. And I clicked on and off of, the, of this job description of where I'm working at now. And finally, something in my head was like, girl, if you don't apply for that job, you will be the one living in that grave of quiet desperation. The worst they can say to you is no. I sent my resume in, and here I am, guys. I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to see what you do in this job and beyond, but you're definitely doing all the things that you are talking about with your students. You are doing it and being afraid, but taking that leap anyway and getting that experience in trying things and being brave. So thank you for sharing that experience with us. And to our listeners, if you are also taking those actions, whether it's applying for that job or doing the interview or having that tough conversation, 
conversation with a coworker, we would love to hear about it. So on the Boss Lady Coaching page, feel free to give a post with the hashtag OnePush. Uh, the push stands for put, practice uncomfortable, uh, or I'm sorry, pursue uncomfortable situations habitually. Um, Holly, do you mind to edit that piece? Can I say that again? Just no, to no, no. not yeah, screw that up. Uh, <clears throat> hashtag that with one push. That stands for pursue uncomfortable situations habitually. So basically practicing that pushing out of your comfort zone and uh, would love to see what you share with us using that hashtag one push on the Boss Lady Coaching page. Thanks again for being with us, Teresa. And over to you, Holly. A Boss Lady Coaching podcast is a production of Boss Lady Coaching. All podcast content in this episode is the property of Megan Stith, Holly Sexton, and podcast guests. Copyright 2017, all rights reserved.